The Squiz is a free weekday email and podcast where your shortcut to being informed. Vladimir Putin is the president of Russia. His name is in the news a lot. Whether it's on the diplomatic trail, in dealings with the US and other big nations, or in relation to the poisoning of political opponents, he's someone worth knowing a bit more about. Squeeze Shortcuts is the backstory to the big news stories. I'm Kate Watson. And I'm Claire Kimball. As always, to the key biographical details to start, Claire, Vladimir Putin was born in what is now known as St. Petersburg in the Soviet Union in 1952. His family story is one that's not uncommon for the era. Putin's mother was a factory worker and his father was a conscript in the Soviet Navy. And from the late 1930s to the mid-40s, Russia was heavily involved in World War II. And then there was a long period of recovery and Putin, as you say, was born in that post-war period. He is the youngest of three children and his brothers died before he was born. They were both born in the 1930s. One died in infancy and the other of diphtheria during the siege of Leningrad by Nazi Germany's forces in World War II. Leningrad is what St. Petersburg was called back then. He lived in a tough area and grew up in communal housing. He would often get into fights, which led him to learn judo, in which he has a black belt, and the Soviet martial art known as Sambo. We occasionally see images today of Putin practicing both of these. That upbringing, of course, influenced his approach to politics. And he said in 2015, and this is a quote, 50 years ago, the Leningrad Street taught me a rule. If a fight is inevitable, you have to throw the first punch. Leaving school, he went on to study law at Leningrad University, and it's there that Putin joined the Communist Party, though he didn't have much choice that was actually required. Yeah, and then into 1975, he joins the KGB, which was the main security agency for the Soviet Union from 1954 until the dissolution of the Soviet Union in 1991. The Kremlin's website says that Putin knew that he wanted to join the KGB before he left school. We'll get into the twists and turns of his career shortly, but to round out his personal life, in 1983, Putin married Ludmilla and they lived together in East Germany where he was stationed with the KGB until 1990. They have two daughters together, but their divorce was finalised in 2014. And since then, there's been a lot of speculation that Putin is in a relationship with a former rhythmic gymnast, Alina Kabriva. They've made public appearances together as spouses, but nothing has been confirmed about the relationship or if they have children together. As we touched on above, Putin is a bit of a fitness fanatic. He has an action man reputation. He's been pictured on horseback, topless. By the way, he's been pictured going diving in F1 cars. The list goes on and he's big into dogs, Claire. He is and he can speak German fluently. He's a practising Russian Orthodox and he has a great love of ice hockey. He's pretty handy on the ice himself as a quick YouTube of Putin ice hockey will prove. That's his personal life. Let's get into Putin's political career next. Vladimir Putin has been in power since 2000. He's the longest serving Kremlin leader since Soviet dictator Joseph Stalin, who died in 1953, which was the year after Putin was born. As we mentioned earlier, Putin was stationed in East Germany for a time where he worked as an intelligence officer for the KGB. 
He was, but he returned to Leningrad in the early 1990s after the collapse of East Germany in 1989. He resigned from the KGB. He didn't agree with the 1991 coup attempt against Soviet President Mikhail Gorbachev, and he didn't want to be part of an intelligence system that was in the new administration. From there, as the Soviet Union was collapsing, his political career started. He began working for his great friend, Anatoly Sobchak, who was the mayor of Leningrad. And up to the mid-90s, Putin increases his influence in what's now known as St. Petersburg. And he climbs his way up so far that it merits a move to Moscow. From there, he's appointed President Boris Yeltsin's deputy chief of presidential staff, and he stays there until May 1998. And climbing even further up the tree, Yeltsin appoints Putin as the director of the Federal Security Service, the FSB, which is the primary intelligence and security organisation of the Russian Federation and the successor to the KGB. Boris Yeltsin's leadership is fading at this time, and it's not long after that Putin is put into the presidential job, something Yeltsin said he wanted, having nominated Putin as his successor. And Yeltsin resigned unexpectedly on New Year's Eve in 1999, making Putin the acting president, and he was elected in his own right in mid-2000. It was only a decade between going into politics and becoming president, not a very long period of time. He's been dominant in Russian politics ever since. Dominant is probably putting it mildly. The sort of power Putin now has can only be understood, Claire, by having a quick look at how the Russian government works. So like the United States, it was that the Russian president could only serve two consecutive presidential terms. After Putin's second term in 2008 ran out, he became the prime minister of Russia. And through political manoeuvring, Putin was able to switch the hierarchy of power in Russian politics to make the prime ministerial role more powerful than the president. He then managed to switch that power back when he won a third term as president in 2012. That term didn't expire until 2018. And surprise, he wins that election and a fourth term, and that's not due to expire until 2024. Throughout this time, there's been accusations of vote rigging, manipulation of elections by eliminating opposition candidates and so on. And in mid-2020 this year, further constitutional changes were approved that would allow Putin Claire to stay in power until 2036. That was approved via a referendum and again there were claims that the result was falsified. Russia has seen widespread protests over that result and the changes, but he's now described as the forever president of Russia because he would be an 84-year-old by the time 2036 rolls around. A fit one at that. So with Putin firmly at the top of Russia's government for some 20-odd years now, let's take a look at how he's wielded his power. As we said, President Putin has led Russia for a long time, but opinions about him are very divided, both in Russia and around the world, Claire. Some admire him as a strong leader who's put Russia up alongside some of the most powerful countries in the world, but opponents say that strong leadership is characterised by taking away many people's freedoms. As we talked about prior to Putin coming to power was the collapse of the Soviet Union. At that time, Russia was in all sorts of economic and social trouble. And Putin presented himself as a strong leader who could get Russia out of those troubles. So broadly, he came to the office of president with a policy agenda based on improving economic efficiency, social policies aimed at countering poverty and stable growth in people's overall well-being with a focus on raising education standards and health. 
So at the heart of the reforms that Putin had in mind were improvements to the economy. In order to do that, Russia had to move away from the communist way of doing things. Putin's view of communism in those early days was that it was like, and this is a quote, a blind alley far away from the mainstream of civilization. In more recent times, he's put communist leaders of the past on a pedestal, but he pretty much rejected communism as he headed into the early 2000s. The political system under Putin has been described as incorporating some elements of economic liberalism, but it also has been roundly criticised for lacking transparency. And there have been claims of big-time corruption amongst the ruling elite. And Putin himself is said to be a billionaire. He's been accused of being on the take of some very big deals. And he was mentioned in one of the world's biggest international financial scandals known as the Panama Papers. For his part, he said that he takes a modest government wage and that he has little personal wealth. By all accounts, though, he's doing pretty well financially. Plenty of Russians say their freedoms have diminished under Putin, Claire. They point to the government's ongoing control over the media and they say that many people have been jailed for speaking out against Putin or forced to leave the country. Those enemies can be politicians who oppose him, like Alexei Navalny, who was recently poisoned by a nerve agent that was made by the Russians back in the 80s and the 90s. He also is accused of repressing minorities, particularly gay people in Russia. Russian officials deny that that is the case, but it's that strongman approach that's led to many big countries having issues with Russia and with Putin. When I say big countries, we're talking the US. In years gone by, the US-Russia relationship took a dive, but US President Donald Trump, who says that he sees an upside in having a good relationship with Putin, has made many in the international political and diplomatic community very uneasy with that approach. And it's made some people in the US also uneasy, given evidence that Russia meddled in the 2016 presidential election. Putin, for his part, makes no apologies for pursuing what he says is an agenda in Russia's national interest. And so Russia is involved in many international fights. It was Russia's annexation of Crimea from Ukraine in February 2014 that attracted widespread condemnation. And Putin's also criticised for supporting governments in Syria and Iran and also in North Korea. And when it comes to power, Chinese President Xi Jinping has said that Putin is his best friend. The pals. Putin himself was a bit less gushy, saying that the US-China relationship is an important global partnership and strategic cooperation. Now, being a bit circumspect there. That's your shortcut to Vladimir Putin. On to our recommendations. We talked, Claire, about Vladimir Putin's athletic endeavours. A video of him playing ice hockey is worth watching to the end where he, after scoring, I think, eight-odd goals, falls flat on his face. <laughs> it's so mean, isn't it? So mean. I've got a link to the ABC podcast series, Russia, if you're listening. It's in the post-2016 US presidential election era mm. and it really takes a lot of the dynamics there. It's just very good background if you're interested in global politics. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Squeeze Shortcuts. All of this is up on our website, thesqueeze.com.au. And if you're after an informative, opinion-free look at the news, give our daily podcast a try. It drops at 6am each weekday. And in under 10 minutes, we get you informed on the big Aussie and international news stories. Until next week. Hold up. 